He's going to miss tomorrow's show. It's okay. No, he's not. No, no more, no more missing shows. Um, welcome everybody. I can call it the podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Donald Evan and joining us today is Evan's best friend in the whole goddamn world. CJ. How you doing, CJ? I am doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. I'm good for now. <laughs> I, haven't right, been this, able, this, I haven't been able to torment Evan in so long. And I can't wait. No, look at that. See, look at that evil smile. He enjoys this. He has this sickness where he enjoys <laughs> ruining my happiness. <laughs> so why? That's what that's what our job is. To talk baseball and make your life miserable. The amount of joy I just saw from CJ is disgusting. How dare you? <laughs> Dude, I just launched a loud burp and you didn't have a goddamn thing to say about it. So Yeah, good. I'm trying to ignore you. <laughs> so, Don't worry, there'll be more. I'll have more. All right, well. What do you guys think about how the Yankees season is over after one series against the Blue Jays? Yeah, it's crazy because I thought it was 162 games. I didn't know it was three. No, it's three. So, in social media, there's three games. Every game is the last game of the season. I missed that because I knew, I knew last year was 60. I didn't know that they had cut it down further to three. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, now that I know that, yeah, the year is over. Uh, Cashman needs to be fired. Torres needs to be traded. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton can't hit. What else? What else have I learned from Twitter uh, in the <laughs> past couple of days? I've learned uh, that Gary Sanchez, even though he is the only Yankee with any home runs, am I wrong about that? He's got two. But is it, I mean, he's the but only no one. He's the only one with a home run. Yeah. Okay. Right. So even he, even he though that, even though he's been the best looking guy at the plate, uh, he still sucks. I've learned that as well. I've, I've just learned a lot of stuff. I've learned a lot of stuff. Um, I've learned that, uh, you know, Kluber shouldn't have even started that second game. It should have been Herman. Um, these are all real takes that I've seen. Well, really? You know, Herman did get a lot of shit today, but that second inning was his only bad inning. Yeah. You know, and it almost seems when he, uh, when he almost hit, I forget who was at the plate, when, uh, he went up and in on the batter, and Gurriel uh, was able to get the second base. Four ERA. When are we going to start saying that he sucks? Okay, in two thousand nineteen, I'm not saying he's a fucking Cy Young. I'm just saying that it seemed like that wild you know that pitch. Point? No, I'm not. Not yet. It seems like after he had that wild pitch, that's when he started to unravel. Like his nerves were was shot. In two thousand nineteen, he had an almost eight run support. Okay. Yeah, I mean, hold on. Let's, let's, let's pump, the brakes. ERA of pump four. the brakes. An ERA of four, I'll take it from Herman. I'll take it. A four, four ERA is not bad. It's a pretty average. No, that's pretty bad. No, it's not bad. Come no, on. If, if, if you the ERA should be in, in no hot, you know, once you reach it to four, that, that's a problem. I disagree. I think four is just about where you're. I, I haven't looked it up. I got to look up what it is, but I think four is around league average. I think it is too. Uh, yeah, I think five long, is a problem. I think over four fifty is starting to get a little dodgy, but uh, like around four is okay. So it's for a fourth starter, a fifth starter. That's kind of what you expect. That's what I'm kind of expecting from Jordan Montgomery over the He's whole course of the year. Starter. If he if he has a four ERA, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, what I mean, what surprised me is if if uh, Montgomery. I mean, yes, yeah, I understand it's going to be against the Orioles. 
But if he gives up like three hits, I think that's going to be a lot for him this outing. I think he's just going to write. You know, he's going to be the. Is a lot. Yeah. Evan, what do you think of Jordan I think Montgomery? Three hits is going to be a lot for Montgomery against the Orioles. I like Monty better than I do Herman. I really, think. because he has a higher oh, yeah. career ERA than Herman does. That's fine. He also doesn't do all the other shit that Herman does. Oh, like what? I haven't heard. Oh, like hitting women and not giving a fuck about it? Apologizing to only the dumbass fans who now call him Cy Young after spring training and are now turning on him after one fucking start? Yeah, well, you know. You know when, it's not good. It all depends on how they bounce back in their next outing. Yeah, and does yeah. it? Monty also has an injury history, among other yeah. things, whereas Herman fucking doesn't. He's just a fucking scumbag. I wouldn't call uh, uh, Tommy John surgery. I wouldn't call that a injury history. That is that almost every pitcher has that these days at some point. Whether they're in whether it's significant surgery. What the fuck are you talking it's, about? It's easily it's easily hold the fuck up. It's easily repaired <laughs> surgery. Tommy John surgery got the. He's named after it because he was the first one to be I able to get it. didn't say it wasn't easy, but you still have to fucking sit out a year and then you go do. back. But that doesn't, make him, that doesn't make him injury prone just because he had a torn UCL. This is why I hate CJ. He's just such a turd all the time. <laughs> what the fuck did I do? Why is it? I think he's giving it to you here, Evan. I'm just sitting back. I think he's kind of giving you some pretty strong points, some salient points. I think He's made no points. This is the problem. This is the problem, everyone. You look like a lunatic, and then the show's over. So fuck all of you. If you haven't listened to this 27 down, here's the issue. It's that I outsmart Evan with every single thing. You don't outsmart me with shit, and I'm funnier than you. Single thing that I say. And then he he takes this whole act where he I piss him off. But the reality is, he's just upset that I'm always right. You're always right. You're literally never right. You had no indication that DJ LeMahieu was going to be any of this, nor did you even want him. Um. Well, to me, like I did. Here's the thing. I I never really had a strong opinion on DJ LeMahieu because I didn't think it was going to happen. Why not? I just didn't. Manny Machado was going to happen. No, I didn't think that either. I didn't think that they were going to make a big splash at shortstop. Once that was, once Machado was gone, I didn't really. I wasn't expecting a big move at shortstop. But DJ wasn't a big move. What? You considered DJ the first time a big move for two years, twenty-four million. No, no, and no, I'm not considering it a big move. I'm considering. I wasn't. He wasn't on my radar. Is what I'm saying. I didn't consider him to be the kind of player that the Yankees would go for. But I guess in hindsight, it makes sense that he would be. But at the time, what was he? He was coming from the Rockies. He was, he was a few years removed from the last time he was a really good hitter. Like, mm, no, nah, he was still good. He was still batting good. He wasn't, no, I, I think what CJ is trying to say, it was a few years removed from the batting title. Yeah, like when he was. This is still a pretty significant yeah, title. May I interject? It is a very big title. Yes, I agree with that. New age baseball batting average doesn't matter. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I can. I can <laughs> yeah, listen. I'm I'm very analytically minded, and I can I can understand why batting average is overrated because if you had a guy who's hitting 300 and can't really hit home runs versus a guy who hits 260 and hits 40 of them. So batting average is, is 
really is batting average is not looked at as a serious stat anymore. Why did Sanchez get so much shit for one fifty seven? Uh, he was given a lot of shit for so it, seven. For well, his, he had a lot. But that's more the problem with the analytical but, people but is they use they only bring up the stats when it the detriment to play here, but, not well, when it boosts them up. That's I mean, not Gary, true though. Gary that's Sanchez. a scale though. You don't think that three hundred is less significant than one fifty eight? If you're batting, yeah, I mean, the worst no, hitters of all time. If you're listen, listen, listen. You're, I got to be honest. So a couple of things that I want to address. First of all, Gary had a lot more problems than just his low batting average. Well, batting average was the one of the least of my concerns. He looked lost in every aspect of the game. Yeah. Last year was. Yeah, it was brutal. A a two-year-old could have played better than Gary last year. The second thing I want to say is that batting average, I mean, if if you're, like I said, I'm very analytically analytically minded. If you're just looking at batting average and going, that doesn't matter. I think you're kind of wrong about that. I think that batting average is a piece of the picture. I think that, you know, if a guy's hit, a guy is hitting 300, is he good or bad? We don't know. Uh, but also to say, well, that guy's hitting 300, and then to say, well, who gives a shit about that? I mean, that's a pretty – that's you know, there's, there's obvious factors that go into batting average that can make it more luck-based. But right. – uh, at the end of the day, results are results, whether they are, um, whether there's something that you can keep up, that's a different story altogether. But yeah, I mean, if a, you tell me a guy hits 300, I, my only thing is I just want to know more. Tell me what You else. have to know more because you could hit 300, but not do so with runners in scoring position or stuff like that. So is it really as significant as, you know, when someone does that, when DJ hits 360, I think it's better than, you know, the guy who gets a bunch of singles and doesn't, you know, do anything else. Yeah, That's a good and- point because Francisco Lindor just got a $34 million a year contract over 10 years. He bought 273 and bought 211 runners in scoring position in two outs. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, you and- know, he gets a massive contract. Jesus Christ! I, I I wouldn't pay it. I wouldn't have paid anything. Right, close to and that. DJ yeah. took less saving our off season, getting us Kluber and a bunch yeah, and he bought like four hundred runners in scoring position. In fact, he almost bought four hundred in total. Yeah, and you know, I had a thought, I wanna, and I forgot what it is. So I, I want to know what the rest of the players were saying when DJ signed that deal. Going, dude, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a steal. You know, team, I was shocked team when I thought under hundred. But that just gives that just shows just how uh, well rounded that Lemayhew is, not just as a ball player, but as a, as a teammate and as a person. That it wasn't about just getting rich; it was about being successful and making sure you know that you know the Yankees still had other funds to build around him to improve his chances. Right, but I also I also think he looked at the fact that if he left and went to another team, he would not get the same exposure that he does in New York, nor would he get the same off-the-field stuff, you know? Um, I know there's not fans now, but sponsorship deals and other things, commercials, you know, that comes with New York. Whereas if he went to the Marlins for $100 million, it wouldn't have happened. Not hey. saying the Marlins were looking at him, I'm just saying, like, yeah, it would be irrelevant. Well, look at what Tom Brady did for his entire career. He just he always took less money than he was worth, and uh, it's a big reason why he's gotten as many championships as he has now. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. That's I, I, actually I remember, a very good point. I remember I seeing don't get that someone comparison a lot. That's spot on. That's a spot on comparison. 
I, I saw someone, they asked the question like, all right, so if, if batting average, right? So if some guy hits 150, is that acceptable? And my, my main no. answer is, my main answer is like, well, no, because at some point a walk isn't as good as a hit. Like at some point you want a guy to come up with a runner on second and sure a walk is, it's not an out. It's not the worst thing you can do in that situation, but man, I'd really love to get that guy in. Um, also like if you're batting 150, what are the odds that your on-base percentage is any higher than like 300? Maybe a little more if you're like an elite walker. Like well, if, that- you're, if you're like a Joey Gallo type that can hit like 180 and still walk at like, one, at like 350. But that's like, a, that's like one player. What are the odds that you're on? That, yeah, that doesn't happen. If you're hitting 150s, you're not walking because you're likely striking out quite a bit. That too. Well, like, that's why that's, the one stat that they that um, has gotten a little more traction that I want to try to get you know force myself to pay more attention to is the uh, the Babbitt stat. You know, yeah. the average of balls in play. So I think that actually tells a bigger story than any of the other batting uh, you know stats. Pat, you hate stats. It hurts your head like trivia. <laughs> I know it does. It really. Well, so I hate stats. I will say this: if you're gonna pay, if you're gonna pay attention to Babbitt, that that is a good thing. But you also, together with Babbitt, have to pay attention to like line drive rates and hard contact rates. So yeah, see I, right there. See when you're focusing too much on that. Well, so but here's why. Here's it's like why, right? it's almost like you stop. You, you're really not watching the game for what. Just let me explain. Let me explain. Okay, so go ahead. Go if a, if a guy hits a lot of ground balls, like a shit ton of ground balls. He's probably not going to get a lot of hits because uh, you're probably hitting it into the right into the teeth of the defense. So a guy like that, if that guy has a low BABIP, he's not getting unlucky. He just makes bad contact. You see what I mean? So that even that single stat does need to be coupled with at least one other thing so that you get the full picture. Whereas someone hit with making hard contact, a lot of line drives, those line drives are probably going to fall for hits more often than not. They're naturally going to have a higher bandwidth. Oh, yeah. no, that makes sense. Even it's, though it's just, it's like, so my, my head is ready to explode. <laughs> you know what it's just so. You should easy. have your notepad out. Take notes, Tats. Come on. It's so easy to like intertwine analytical stats. They just work together so often that it, it just leaves you with a trail. And you're right. Sometimes it can really take your eye off the actual game being played in front of you. That's why for a moment, I really do try to just watch without being like, oh man, that, look at that spin right there. They're, they're so important though, to analyze an entire career though. You know, I, you really need to dive into that, especially when you're looking at hall of fame. And if it wasn't for analytics, I think a lot of people would miss how great Mike Messina and Kurt Schilling are. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's plenty of stats that are also really good for like predicting whether or yeah. not the results a player has gotten are actually sustainable. But CJ, don't you think being ranked in the top 30 for war for a pitcher in the hall is a significant accomplishment? Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's Mike Messina and Kurt Schilling. Hey, man, listen, I want to try to avoid getting into too much of a rant about this issue. I'm just going to say, man, Mike Messina is in the Hall of Fame and Kurt Schilling is not. The two of them are so similar. Yep. in terms of almost identical it's really I mean, honestly in terms of hardware shillings kind of got musina beat um so look i i know why he's been kept out of the hall of fame 
I think that it's kind of nonsense that that kind of stuff seeps into Hall of Fame votes. Um, the guy, the guy should be in because, like you said, he's he's he is one of the best pitchers ever. There, there are far worse character people in the Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah, Kershaw's such a tool, though. I mean, yeah, he's a massive douchebag, but I don't yeah, know. but he took that persona that was kind of like a, a side note and just kind of you know reinvented himself as this douche. His statement that regarding the hall leaving him off, he was just like, "Fuck it, I don't care anymore." I mean, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. fire me. I quit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's I mean, what that was. True. I feel the same true. way. So, all right. So, let, let, let's move on to um, a, a pitcher that actually did, did well today, and that was Michael King. Now, Donald, what was your take on King? Well, he saved the bullpen, which is great. Uh, it helps for future games, but in six innings, hit. 13 straight 16, I believe. 16, it was unbelievable what he did. Um, and, you know, he struggled in spring, so I, I, I had kind of minimal expectations, but he was outrageous out there. And pinpoint location, and, you know, he, and also, he, you know, he saved the bullpen, which – Everything kind of correlates. So, yeah. um, you know, if he struggled, then it would have affected, you know, future games. So he, he locked it down. He was terrific. And I'm kind of – it's kind of a shame that, that uh, our offensive approach was disgraceful that, that we couldn't have at least, uh, you know, tied the game or, you know, took the lead. Um, so – but in terms of Mike King, he was ter- terrific. So much movement on his pitches, great location, and uh, – you know, I've been so impressed with our with our bullpen. Our bullpen looks terrific, uh, really good. It's Michael. Kitt, he was that player when they put him on that roster. You we were like, why? You know, like look at his spring numbers. He he really didn't. It didn't click for him anywhere. His command was off. You know, I hate talking about spring numbers. It's so stupid. It's fucking practice. Like it doesn't matter. So, Herman was amazing during spring. Look, everyone on Twitter, oh my God, he's going to win Cy Young this year, guys. He should be the number three starter. And then today he fucking sucked. So spring means nothing. You know, King, you know, just as much as King could come out in his next appearance and get lit up, Herman could come back in his next start and shut it down. So it's really a day by day analysis. You can't. Uh, I mean, here's the unfortunate thing is that uh, with today's performance, King. Uh, won himself an all-expense paid trip to Scranton. There's no way they're going to keep him on the roster. Not because he did anything wrong. I'm sure they're going to sit him down and say, look, you were nails today, man. Yeah. But you're gassed, and we got to send you down for someone that we can actually use within the next week. Yeah. Uh, so that that's sucks. We're, probably, we're not going to we're not going to see Michael King for, up in the majors again for another couple weeks. Because yeah. I think it's what, like a 10-day, once you send someone down. That is correct. Days, unless there's an injury, then you can call them back up. Yeah. Yeah, last year, I think they suspended that. Um, but I think that's back this year yeah. with the 10 days. Last year, they did a lot of dumb shit. But the worst one this year is the runner on second for – Don't don't get me fucking – I'm, I'm going to – No, CJ, worst. go ahead. No, no, no. We want to get it you can I, I gotta, I gotta tell you something, and I, I gotta, I'm about to go like 1980s pro wrestler promo on you right now. Go for it, God, this bullshit. Rob Manfred, I would love nothing more than to shove my balls in his mouth. 
My God. And this is no longer a children's that. show. <laughs> it never was. He loves doing that type of shit. Dude, I mean, this guy, what the, what is this? Like, are we playing T-ball? What's the point? What's the purpose? We're playing a yeah. one, uh, last year, if you wanted to say last year, okay, we got to play 60 games in a pretty compact, dense schedule. We don't want people getting hurt. And that's why we're also going to do seven inning double headers. I was able to stomach it for the 160 game season. We have a full season now. Give me one good reason why this rule exists right now. Because he wants to ruin baseball. And give me one good reason that it takes place in the 10th inning. It could, yeah. I would even be okay if you told me, okay, 15th inning, we got to wrap the game up yeah. and, in a pandemic uh, time sport. Whatever. That's, exa- that's exactly what we said the other day. But what's I, why? I, I take it a step further, CJ. This is what I came up with because I think it's ridiculous that it's an advantage for basically one team, especially when you're dealing with home field advantage. It's a disadvantage for the Yankees that one game. That's not fair. So why don't they do this? They should give the team who's batting the choice. If you want a runner on second, fine, but you get one out. If you want a runner on third, fine, you get two outs. Do something dumb like that, because if you're already fucking up the game, then you might as well fuck up the game a little more to at least benefit everyone, because that's bullshit, especially in the 10th inning. It should be in the 15th, like you said. And, and they go with they mentioned it during the broadcast the other day, and they hit the nail on the head. You keep that rule, but universal DH. Yeah, it makes no sense. Makes no sense. Yeah, used the, as a the one rule that everybody used as a made. I, know, I know. I know. It was, it was used as a bargaining. I guess. They were they were trying to they were trying to expand the playoffs, and the players were like, "Well, we don't want to do that, so forget about universal DH." But, dude. In terms of like what makes sense from like a viewership standpoint, this ain't it. I saw a I saw a tweet where someone was defending it. They were like, "Hey man, that 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 game was that game was getting pretty long. I think it was three hours and fifty minutes." And I wanted to be like, "Hold the fucking phone! <laughs> three hours? Any game that starts with a three by definition is not a long game. I don't yeah. care. Three hours. And that 50, tweet was uh, Lindsay Adler, the Athletic." Oh, Christ. Writer. She said, uh, oh, was she being sarcastic? She went, this game was went on three hours and 38 minutes. It's unmanageable, whatever, like that. I was surprised because she's a really great writer, but that was a that was a mistake. I expect better things about her. Michael K. Michael K. doesn't even say unmanageable unless the game is like four and a half hours. Yeah, (laughs) it was surprising. It's a surprising. I mean, shit. Look at Steve Trachtel's career. On average, his games were almost five hours each. Yeah, dude like, was what, so slow. That's like, I'll, I'll tell you what. Why don't you Why don't you just pull up a bunch of Mark Burley games and only watch those because those games oh were like two and a half hours. Uh, Mark Burley was the worst too. Him, Steve Trachtel. Give me another one. You guys got another one, Donald? Anyone? Oh, uh, uh, Beckett, Josh Beckett. His games. He was a slow. Wins. My God. Dice K too. There was a there was a point where the Red Sox had all of the guys that would take like thirty seconds in between pitches. Ridiculous. <laughs> as soon as I got the ball back, I'd throw it because I, I wanted to keep the you know hitter off balance. Like well, fuck you, get in the batter's box. Let's go. Well, that's because you're a massive grump and you just wanted to go home. And that is true. And the faster yeah. for your pitches, the quicker you can just go home. Yeah, uh, Evan's a bunch of asshole. Sunlight and the public. You play baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, he's pretty allergic to the sound of my voice, too, every time I speak. His ear is just... You're not funny. <laughs> see that? You see? You see? He doesn't... I don't know what to say. I don't know. What to no, say. Like, I, I've had a, a year break from CJ, and I didn't realize till this moment how fucking amazing it has been. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a lying bastard. <laughs> you are the biggest liar. Yeah, are we ever going to do 27 down again? Because you told me opening day, and we're like, how many days after that shit? Oh, I'm sorry, you're moving. My bad. He's moving, guys. No, 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 no. That is not at all what happened. You are referring to wanting to hang out with me and me saying, hey, the move is taking longer than expected. Well, I also want to do 27 down, which yes, is now ruined. And I'm telling you, we'll do it. I just, I'm having trouble figuring out how to edit shit. That's yeah, and that's been the case for the past decade, you fucking oh, dick. Decade. <laughs> what are you talking about? Editing you know how many times I tried to terminate this friendship? It doesn't work. It, doesn't, it just keeps like coming that. back. It's like a goddamn cockroach. What? <laughs> Shit, man. For someone that wants to terminate a friendship so bad, you sure want me to come up to Connecticut real badly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my new apartment's nice. I just need someone to witness. You're actually right, and... CJ. He talks about you all the time. I, you, know what, Donald, he, he, you know what, Donald? He talks about you all the time. Shut. Oh, man. I know. I, I think Evan it's, uh, uh, say that. there's some heavy know. bromance going on here. If Donald disappears, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he loves you, CJ. Donald dis- yeah, just check his suitcase. Evan's really, I just like Donald. all three of you, man. You're fucking terrible. It's the, Dude, he loves you, CJ. Awful strain hey, in my life. Listen, I know the truth. It's okay. <laughs> I, I can read this man like a book. All right. How dare you? This is not a character <laughs> that I play. This is me 24-7. You, you, God damn you guys. Yeah, actually, <laughs> you are. Yeah, you're this grumpy 24-7. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you're always the first to pick up the phone. That is true. I am, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very loyal. Yeah. You should all be just like me. The world would be oh, a better yeah. place. Well, that's, no, why no, I, no. that's why I decided not to grow my hair back. Got it. <laughs> that's what yeah. it is. I'm, I'm the anti-Evan. He has all of his hair here. <laughs> you're such a turd. It's not funny at all. All of mine is here. No, without. How, how the fuck you got a man who can grow a huge, beautiful beard and fucking hair on the top of his head? That's bullshit. <laughs> we have to do the beard because we don't have this. <laughs> I'm Greek, man. This is what we do. We grow long hair and unacceptable. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, CJ, what are your thoughts on this team, man? What are, you, what are, you what are your expectations? Weaknesses? Yeah, they're going to win the division. They're going to win. Uh, well, I don't want to put a number out there because I'm really, really bad at winning predictions. But I will say, if, if you're even in the slightest worried about the state of this team right now, this might not be the sport for you. This, <laughs> this, is, this is such I a like long that. haul. This is such a long haul sport. I mean, we could get to the end of May. Honestly, we could get to the end of June and still not be super sure as to who the real winners and losers are. That's why it takes 162 games. Because anything less is too short of a sample size. That's why last year they had to expand the playoffs. Because we know who the good teams are. These are going to be the teams that are going to make it. But there's also going to be fluke teams that might finish ahead of the good teams. So to make everyone happy, we let in more teams into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we've seen teams win after, you know, the All-Star break. We've seen teams win with two or three games left. Dude, the, 
The I, I'm never going to forget the 2006 Cardinals won 83 games yep. and won the World Series. That's another thing people don't really understand. Talk shit about Brian Cashman all you want. The guy can build a mega house. There is no way to build for the playoffs. You just can't do it. It's too much of a crapshoot. I am. Well, you I'm, know what? You're I'm right about the. You're, you know, the 1998 team. It started off super slow right out. Of they the started ball. off. They started off one and four. Yeah, exactly. And they won yeah, 114. So we ended up becoming one of the greatest teams in in, uh, in history. So you're right about that. So it doesn't really matter how you start. It's how you finish. And yeah, the, the, win the, offense, three. the offensive has been really frustrating the first three games. I'm not going to deny that. It's yeah. been really frustrating. But the offense is the last thing you should be concerned about. I mean, if you want to be concerned about the durability of the starters, sure, I'm, okay. I can understand you doing that. If you want to say the bullpen isn't what it was last year, fine. I understand you wanting to say that. But the hitting, that's the last thing you should be concerned. That's what's going to carry this team if anything else happens. Yes, but the approach, there's something about the approach which concerns but, me. You know what it is? There are a it's, lot of it's, it's, there are the a lot station of to station ball is risky, especially when we get to the playoffs. Our approach is all wrong. Yeah. The other thing that, that was uh, lost this season, you know, in these three games, was the, the, the zones, the pitching zones called, you know, by the umpires. There were a lot of pitches that were squeezed. I, you know, you look at Hicks last at bat. You know, look at that strike three. He would have never swung at that, but he didn't know what the hell the strike zone was. That's true, yeah. I so remember. He was left to swing at everything. Yeah, people, people were really upset about him reaching for some of those pitches, but, like, I mean, the umpire clearly set a precedent that he was willing to call that. He outside. was calling that outside pitch. So, why is he going to let? Why is he going to get cold strike three? And that's why people don't understand how how smart a player Aaron Hicks is. He really takes that kind of stuff into consideration. He shouldn't be batting third. No, um, no. he should be leading off. In my opinion, Thank you. If I was in charge of the team. I'd lead him off. Uh, he's a very good walker. He gets on base a lot. He thinks a lot during. At bats, he doesn't overthink. He thinks appropriately. Yeah, Evan wanted to switch he, Hicks and Lemayhew. He has. Yeah, uh, I'm the same. I want. I agree. Yeah, man, like you. Yeah. I'm not really. I'm not giving up on him as a third hitter. I actually, I like the switch hitter between Judge and Stanton. But if but, one but of Tad, if Judge Tad. or Stanton is not in the lineup, then Hicks should be the leadoff. Hicks is a much better base runner than Talkman is. Talkman would not. I'm sorry, Hicks would not like, have talks, made that <laughs> running error at third base. He wouldn't have run on that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen I agree. I think Hicks needs to be uh, either one or two. I, I agree with that because no, you, you, you put percentage. Hicks one, you put DJ two. DJ is like Derek Jeter, and you put Judge or Stanton three. It's not. I that would hard. do. I would do Judge second. I would. I would be okay with Judge second because Judge not only yeah. is a really really good hitter, um, he's. I mean, if he's at his top of his game, I would call him the Yankees' best hitter. And you put DJ reason, third? I don't reason, like Listen, the reason I would put DJ third is because probability-wise, the guy who comes up third is going to come up to the plate with it empty more often than not. Uh, that's why, really, first and second is what's important. You put the table setter first. I think you put your best hitter second because that allows a guy on base to start – our best hitters, DJ, not Judge. Uh, I would disagree. I would disagree. I disagree. Oh, uh, DJ's the best hitter. I, I think DJ's the best hitter. For I sure. think I think Judge is the best hitter. Um, again, it, it, assuming that Judge isn't bugged down by anything injury related, 
So that's a pretty big if. Well, what's you know? his excuse right now? Because he's not hitting well. And he doesn't uh, how about it's been three games? How about that? <laughs> okay. How's that? So if he's team? doing this in fucking three weeks, you're going to say the same damn thing? He's the best hitter? But, I mean, probably Judge not. strikes out far too much to be the best hitter. I love Aaron Judge. But he yeah, strikes but he's out got, far he's too got, much. He's got the best power on the entire team. Power and hitting are not the same thing. DJ is one of the best. Power is a piece of hitting. The putts, what the hell are you talking about? The in whatever order, in whatever order, Judge and uh, LeMahieu are the best two hitters on the Yankees. Are we willing to at least say that? Best two on the team, yes. Okay, fine. So my whole point was that I would put Judge second because I, considering the fact that I think he's the better hitter, it would give him more plate appearances over the course of a full season. Plus, let's say you disagree, which you clearly all three of you seem to. Let's say you think DJ's the, the better hitter. Um, Aaron Judge is also really good at drawing walks. So even if Aaron Judge isn't going to put one over the, over the wall, even if he isn't going to get a hit, let's say, I mean, if you put your best two on-base guys, numbers one and two, now you're getting DJ the ability to eat at the plate with the plates full of food. See, DJ no makes the most contact and he makes, he is able to make the most adjustments at the plate without changing his entire approach. Yeah. So, so what if, that makes, that makes you the better hitter. Okay, fine. And again, and he doesn't get into double plays. He doesn't strike out. If you want to grab at all, he didn't he ground into a double play in that first game. Well, it's only Not to the same extent that Judge yeah, does. He doesn't strike out because the <laughs> Again, umpires can't listen, fucking guys. see him. If the you want to, hey, dude, Judge will literally get between <laughs> CJ's 25 and 50 out a year. Hold on. No, listen, I, that's not true. I'm never going to let Evan uh, claim that he scared me off the show. That's not going <laughs> to I don't have to scare you off the um, show. I've already won this argument. No, you haven't. So the whole thing, you're a fucking moron. The whole thing, again, I, listen, I'm not having that argument anymore. And I'm saying – You don't have to. You already lost it. Go take a nap. Shut the fuck up. I don't care. If, if I am to allow you guys to assume the position that DJ is the better hitter, wouldn't you want the two best on-base percentages ahead of him so that more people can be on base for him to hit. All right. Thank you, everybody. I think I have proven my point here. No, I think, I think I it think... depends on which you're hitting in the game. Because if you're talking about the start of the game, then well, maybe. I mean, but it's irrelevant see, when you're talking, you know, what if Clint gets on base? What if someone uh, else gets on base? Well, no, so, so with that argument, would you say that Derek Jeter should be batting third? Should have been batting third in his career? No, you know he's exactly. Not no, I'm just asking with that same argument because DJ and Jeter well, are quite similar. The way they're approached. I mean, listen, the the way that lineup construction has evolved over the years. If I could go back and show Joe Torre uh, or Girardi whatever year, let's say let's say we're talking about prime of Derek Jeter's career, so Joe Torre is the manager. If I could go back in time and be like, listen. This is what managers are doing these days. They're putting their highest on-base percentage guys first, and then the best pure hitter uh, can kind of fill in there. Or best on-base guys maybe are better at the top. And Don't you think it also guys that can drive those runners based in? on the matchup? Because that's going to come into play uh, quite a bit. Yeah, Especially I mean, for, for, the most, for the most part, for the most part. But a lot of that stuff is it's small sample sizes. 
So in a lot of ways, and, and, and decent enough sample size. Listen, 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 by, by the time we get to the playoffs, I have no problem having tested both your theory and ours to see which one would possibly work in the playoffs. However, I still think that DJ's the better hitter, and I would put him where I put him. But, I, but like Evan, the but point, like what you had said with the matchups is that's where it really comes – it becomes a little more fluid. So if you have a ground ball hit pitcher, you would want Hicks and, and LeMahieu back-to-back because you, at least you know you're going to put him into – you know, you, you're going to have more likely a chance of, of runners in, in, uh, on base. But you also, and you also have a little bit of speed where they could avoid a double play if Judge does hit into a ground ball. Well, when Voight comes Good back, point. the whole order is going to shift anyway. I, I did see someone on Twitter, uh, not just someone, a few people advocating for Hicks batting last uh, so, that they can, so that he can get on base in front of the top of the order. But what people are forgetting to understand is and after the, after the order the first time, the, the batting order. Yeah, right. Yes. Very and right. But yeah. I want. I want. That's, that's the point. Batting first or ninth, that really doesn't yeah. matter. Well, so, so that that's the point that Evan made earlier. But you're, you're forgetting that this kind of stuff is over the course of a full season. The guy yeah, that bats right. ninth gets way fewer at bats than the guy who bats first over the course of the season. Fewer plate appearances, I should say. So, I, no, I don't want Hicks batting but by a significant I don't want margin. Bat. Yeah, I don't want Hicks having the fewest plate appearances on the, the starting nine. No, because you you want him on base because that's yeah. what he's good at. No, the, the reason why getting an reason extra why you're two worth, bats or on base from him is fucking huge. Yeah, I don't think reason, people understand that. The reason why you put your worst hitter ninth is because that's going to be the spot that comes up the least. So well, I don't yeah. understand why we're playing Clint Frazier ninth. I'm glad we finally moved him up, but he should not yeah. be batting ninth. He's far yeah. too good for. I, I agree with that too. Well, the I problem, also... the, the good problem about that is if everybody's on, you know, if everybody's clicking, then we're, no matter who the ninth batter is, we're going to be pissed off about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you that's, know, you that's can, the you advantage that. the Yankees have is that they are, their lineup is so stacked. You yeah, know, I mean, I, would I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind Actually, pushing Bruce like off of a bridge so that he that's a good idea, Rev. If, if, I like Geo Nine uh, because I think he can make contact and has enough speed I, that you, yeah, you know. Yeah. I disagree with that too. I, I strictly think that our worst hitter should go ninth, and I think that right well, now, we don't have an established worst hitter yet. We it's might Jay by Bruce. It's clearly Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce is trash. The only reason he got two RBI yesterday is because of a little bloop piece of shit hit that he got. I, it still counts. It still well, counts. Uh, but <laughs> he's not going to keep doing it over the course of a year. Yeah, but it's not going to be the course of the year because Voight's going to oh, come I know. Back Voight's going to come the, back. The whole lineup you know? is, is stubbing their toe out of the gate of the season. Everybody's a, yeah, everybody's trying to, you know, get into that regular season mindset right now. I yeah. hate Clint 9, though. Clint 9 is unacceptable. Yeah, unacceptable. Well, completely unacceptable. He moved he him up in the order, and you saw what he higher. did. You saw what he did today. He was the only guy that did anything. But yeah. do you want know to think of Chris? He's the oldest fucking 34-year-old I've ever seen. I thought he was a third base coach. I was like, what the fuck is a third base coach why, doing? Why is Phil fucking ancient? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, dude, how is Bruce only one year older than me? I, dude, he's <laughs> younger than me. 
And he's, like he's he looks out of shape. He looks like our fucking third base coach. If I had to be honest, if I had to be honest, he looks like Mike Ford's dad. We put Mike Ford in Javers. He looks like he looks like Mike Ford's dad. Genuinely. He looks out of shape. Come on, we're gonna play softball, drink beer. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a beer league. They're definitely in the beer league together, those two. <laughs> With fucking Adam Dunn. Regardless, he plays what? first base like it too. Oh my god, he plays what? first base like he's in the beer league. Yeah. No, I literally yeah. thought he was older than 34 and he legit turned 34 like what a week ago, two weeks ago. I think it was wasn't it like today or yesterday? No, the, the game he had the two RBI. It was like yesterday. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he's younger than me. Okay, I, right. I I can't wait for Voight to come back and the Yankees can just push him into a volcano. Not Voight, uh Bruce. I he, he won't be back. We're gonna either trade him, release him. We won't care. No, yeah, no. I'm talking about. I'm talking about pushing Bruce into the volcano. Yeah, no, no. I knew what you were talking about. Okay. That's what I mean. Is we'll get rid of him so fast. Yeah. Just, just like, just like Smeagol at the end of Lord of the Rings. Just you're, you. We got to get rid of you. Dude, and it fucking hurts us because they do the extreme shift on him, and he's completely incapable of hitting against it. So yeah. all he does Can is you... just keep hitting into the shift. So he does nothing for us. <laughs> But like he's got a couple of professional guys. He throws a few balls all, or whatever. He has already been more successful than Chris Carter was. Oh, yep. God. Don't even remind me. Or Travis Hafner. <laughs> Nick Johnson. Nick uh, fucking Johnson. Yes. That would make you sad. Because Nick, well, Nick Johnson was actually really, really good. That, the, good that's first the baseman. Not as a Yankee. <laughs> well, no. He, I mean, he just never stayed on the field. I mean, he had some good seasons with the Nationals. Yeah. Yeah, because he managed to stay on the field. It's very <laughs> frustrating that he Dude, was able to do that. Can you believe that Ryan Zimmerman is still playing? I know. That's, that's why. I remember seeing him in the first year of the Nationals' existence when they opened at RFK Stadium. I laugh whenever I see a player that I used to use in, like, MVP Baseball 2005. <laughs> I love that game. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a great it's, game. It's, it's my favorite sports game ever. And. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Yadier Molina's in there, and he sucks because he's like a rookie. And you've got <laughs> Pujols is just a monster in that game. <laughs> Brian Giles, I had him for the Yankees play right field. He'd hit me like sixty home runs every year. Brian Giles. <laughs> I always made sure, by the way, to trade for Zach Greinke in that game because Zach Greinke had like a two mile an hour curveball. It was the most. I don't know if you remember this. That is the most bullshit pitch in any video game because that thing would come at you like this yeah. and it's still coming and it's still coming. And then boom, it would just dive at the end. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not hitting against this guy. I refuse to hit against this guy at any point. This is bullshit. I'm trading for him. And what I'm, would it cost to get him? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was something, it was nothing because that's, I mean, even today, sports games are the worst at simulating trades. So you could honestly send them a couple of minor leaguers and they would have. Yep. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's the one thing that sports games cannot get. And it's not just baseball. It's any sports game cannot figure out a trading system to save their lives. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't be able. Uh, the last Madden game I purchased was Madden 17. I refused to buy any further of them. I always play with the Jets because they're terrible. I rebuild the team and I win like 10 Super Bowls in a row because I can trade Muhammad Wilkerson for like two first rounders. Who would ever do that? 
<laughs> and the same thing happens in baseball games. Like I shouldn't be able to just trade for every superstar. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So going into the se- the series now with uh, with Baltimore, is this the season? Is this that series where the Yankees write the ship, or you think it's going to take you know go further into the, the first week? Well, I don't want to go in there arrogant thinking that this is the same Baltimore team that we destroyed no, well, two years that, ago. So that's kind of what to, I'm leaning towards. Yeah, people because, need to calm down and understand that, yes, yeah. they destroyed a really, really bad Boston Red Sox team. I mean, we're talking like top five worst in the league type of team. However, um, if we get cocky and arrogant and we have to play a pitcher like John Means, um, we, we might get lit up. So I – Another thing that I, cause I follow, um, I don't just follow Yankee Twitter. I, I try to branch yeah. out and follow people from other uh, teams. Um, one thing that I learned from Red Sox Twitter is that the Red Sox are going to be really sneaky good this year. I don't know if you guys have seen these takes, but the Red Sox, man, their, their starters are back and yeah, their bullpen's kind of shaky. But oh, JD Martinez. Gonna, yeah. Martinez <laughs> is going to really be good. And they're going to, they're going to really, they're going to be sneaky good. So hey, the Orioles. I think, swept I think Baltimore is going to be a little sneaky good. I think they're going to. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to make an impact on a on a the, the divisional run, but I think that they're going to really put some solid games together. They're yeah, going to be I mean, for Baltimore. For Baltimore, sneaky good means they only lose ninety five games, and that would still be like what, like a fifteen game improvement from a couple years ago. So. <laughs> I How's mean, that Chris Davis doing? Oh, he's the oh best. Oh, my God. I absolutely I love his love career. Chris. To think away. that I knew people that wanted him or to share it was at the tail end. <laughs> Everybody wanted Chris Davis. Yeah, I, I mean, imagine I, if, the, if, if Cashman made that move. Oh, guys, if, if, if Yankees Twitter was in charge of personnel <laughs> for the game, holy shit, they would have him, Madison Bumgarner, they would have traded like. Florial and like two other guys to get Madison. Cats loves Bumgarner. No, don't, don't, no, no, I like Florial. Don't get it, don't. Florial is such a fucking bum, dude. I hate that piece of garbage. Florial actually reminds me a lot of Chris Davis, which is a big, <laughs> a big problem. Did no, you see Flor- how Florial uh, was a guy a couple years ago I was really looking forward to seeing? Yeah. Jorge I just, Mateo is I doing said very I, well. But I did say that if he was. If he was just thrown into a trade, just you're not gonna play him. Even if he has a even though he has a little bit of value, if you throw him in as a tail end on a deal, give him a chance to play somewhere else because you you're really wasting him. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I you know, there are a few there are a few prospects where I go, nah man, don't send him. It's more like don't send him for that player, but I, I don't I can't think of a single prospect that I wouldn't trade for an impact player. I don't know why anyone would have that mindset. What do you consider an impact player for this season heading into the deadline? I know it's too um, early to tell, but Trevor Story. Trevor Story. If the Yankees can if the Yankees can ship off some prospects, I think nobody's untouchable if you're getting a guy like Trevor. We Story. would have to move Geo though, correct? If it costs you Geo or Voight. It's uh, not gonna be Voight. Well, no, not Vo- it, no, actually it would be Geo. Yeah, and I mean Oh well, like I love Geo. Don't get me wrong, and I really, do you think I've really enjoyed third. 
Uh, I think so. I think he's got a really strong arm. I think he's got good reaction time. He's a good defender. Like that's the main, you need to really have good reaction time and a strong arm. If you can have those two things, you'll do just fine. I mean, that's one of the main reasons that A-Rod was able to make the switch. So do you I'm going to say, I think if they have to go after Trevor Story that, uh, and, and move Gio to do that, I think that really just, that will eliminate um, Torres at shortstop because you'd have to move LeMahieu, because LeMahieu, uh, LeMahieu would go to third to take Gio's spot. I disagree. I think I think that Story takes over at third and you call it a day. Yep. You think Story I disagree. I base? disagree with that. I just don't see what, the, what, what I mean, Urshel is already semi gold glove at third. I don't okay. think we make the so, trade, but if we do, CJ's right. If you're going to make that trade, you would actually boost Story a shortstop. Well, well that's what I'm I saying. Because Torres yeah, but, is, the, is no. the weak link in the infield. Yeah, I but – What's really valuable, though, is it is it? I mean, obviously, if you're a really, really good defender, you can have value in that. Well, it's like Torres got that error today, about. which I did not well, think was an error. Yeah, well, I agree. Yes, because if you look at if you look at uh, Bruce's foot on the first base bag, yeah, he was on the outside part of the bag, not the infield part. Look, so the main uh, Jay Bruce was didn't have his footing on the bag where he needed to make that catch. Yeah, that that was on that was on Bruce, and it sucks. It sucks for for Torres. But... Like a, so now now it's a shitty throw. Though. I'm sorry, sh- but that that ball cut. It was a terrible. That was throw. a terrible. Yeah, it was it was a it, it was like a slide. It was, ba- it Bruce, was bad yeah. for both. No, if Bruce had, if Bruce had his foot on the home uh, at the home plate side of first base, he could have made that catch. So this is what I'm getting at when it comes to Trevor Story. If you want to give up a prospect. And Gio Urshela has to go. Sorry, Gio. I love you. And I've loved watching your breakout with the Yankees. But you're not about to be the reason the Yankees don't get Trevor's story. And you figure it out from there. I have a question for you, CJ. Yeah. Would you be more satisfied with the Trevor story trade or if we could pull off Castillo? Um, that's a really good question. Yeah, I like that question. That's why uh, I'm going to let CJ answer. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would I prefer? I think I would prefer Castillo. I think if, as it is right now, I, I'm, I'm more – I think that the starting rotation is shakier than the offense is. The offense isn't shaky at all. No, and, the offense you know, will click. I mean, even, even if Kluber and Tyone stay healthy all year, hell yeah, I will allow Castillo to replace Herman. I mean yeah, – I think it's a more complex trade to be had, though. Yeah, I mean, I I would not, and here's here's where trades start to get a little tricky for me. Prospects, sure, ship them off, get some stars. Established players, look, I, I get it. Uh, Torres is not a very good defender. Uh, Torres is a very bad defender. Torres is a very good hitter, and yeah, I am that's not. The problem. I'm sorry, I'm not shipping off. Uh, I'm not shipping off Labor Torres. Well, I also think his high potential far outweighs his uh, defensive liability. And hi, everyone. It's almost as if uh, maybe uh, defensive players learn more and learn how to play their position better. I mean, are we going to sit here and pretend, oh, my God, I already know that your normal listeners are going to get really pissed off at me for this. Derek Jeter was not a good defender. I don't give a shit about his gold glove awards. <laughs> Derek Jeter was not a good defender. 
And before you come at me with gold glove, Rafael Palmero won a gold glove award having played only 16 games at a position that he won the award for. So don't come at me with gold glove awards. I mean, so what? If you can, if you can make up for your bad defense with your bat, something that Derek Jeter did for most of his career, I think that Torres has the potential to do that too. You're, I'm not going to get on you for your statement only because where I'm going to say that you're fair in it is a lot of people get that, that misconception that if you criticize somebody who's considered a legend, that you're trying to discredit their abilities rather than just pointing out where they may have, they, they may have had a weakness. Every player has a weakness, whether yeah. it's offense, defense, base running, you know, right, and Jeter's weakness like, doesn't take away from his magnitude to the game exactly. or what he did to sure. the exactly. Yankees. I think, it's unfair and I think that's why a, a lot of sorry, people... would a bad defender made that flip play home play? Um, see, no, see, that wasn't good defense. That was smart baseball IQ. He yeah. knew the positioning. Right. He knew where to be. Yes. He got the ball and he flipped it. So yeah, I was good defense. So, no, that, so, that and, was his. That was exactly. That was a he was able to read the way the play was progressing and got made the necessary adjustments. And so when I when I say that Jeter's a terrible defender, let me clarify. The guy can make throws way better yeah. than Glaber Torres can make now. The guy had a pretty strong arm. He was able to – but his problem was he had zero range and other than that one play where he saw – in the flip play, he saw something was wrong. He booked it, it and he was able to make that flip. On a normal routine grounder – the guy struggled to really motion laterally to get. He wasn't ball. a very fluid shortstop. He hated I, going to his left. He could not yeah, stand it. Yeah, and I I still remember the first game where the Yankees had Didi after Jeter was gone. He made a play to the left side of second base, his left, and I remember going, "Oh my god." Because I had never seen that before. I had never seen a guy with so much range. I'm sorry, when it comes to range, Didi had Jeter beat. That's yeah. one aspect. Well, that's, that's, a fair, that's a fair statement. And uh, yeah, he I struggled. He even, he even struggled to the other side too. I feel like I feel like yeah. a shortstop with good range wouldn't have even had to fly into the stands against Boston in that one game. I think a, I think a shortstop with a better defensive shortstop would have just tracked that ball down. That was such a cool play, though. That game it was, was cool. I love it. It's one of my favorite Yankee moments ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same game where um, what's his name uh, hit a double to end it. The Red Sox took the lead, and uh, man, he was like a utility infielder. I don't remember his name. Not Enrique Wilson. This was after Enrique Wilson. Whatever. That's not important. Uh, how did we get onto this tangent? Oh, yeah. I'm not giving up Glaber Torres because the guy can learn, and I will gladly give up. Like, but do you Jason, think that's the only case they would ask for? I don't. No, it was more. It was it was him and, like, some – No, but I don't think they actually had that conversation. I think that was said to get everyone to shut the fuck up because there was no actual trade being discussed. Okay. I um, think if there was an actual trade being discussed, they're going to want a – major league ready starter they're going to want a major league ready position player and they're going to want two high level prospects i think, I think that can happen i don't think the reds would i think the reds it would have made it it would have been better for them that if the yankees were like hey they asked for glaber we didn't want to do it it would provide them with better leverage to get a trade done if they were like no we never asked for glaber torres that was never part of talks 
to kind of put pressure on the Yankees. To a point, but I don't think they wanted to make the trade then. I think they wanted to see what the offer could be, but I think they realistically wanted to go into this season seeing if they had to do a rebuild because they spent all this money. By the time they get to the deadline, that picture might be clear that they're a trash team and they need to rebuild. If that is, they need to figure out a way to get one of these ridiculous contracts off. And if you can get the Yankees to take on like a Moustakis for Castillo, they would do it in the second. Or what about Whit Merrifield? Suarez. How come we haven't brought Whit Merrifield on? Evan, you're slacking. No, I want Whit, but I don't think there's a realistic trade to do that because we're not going to give away Hicks for no, him. No, at and this point. the only piece I would do. No, that would have been an off-season kind of move. Yeah, I also, yeah. Whit Merrifield's like 32 years old. It's not like we're He's almost 34, him. and I don't give a shit. I'm 33 in about a week, okay? It's not old. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Fair. Uh, all right. Uh, before, before we wrap this up, um, CJ, give us one wild prediction on a player, whether it's a pitcher or a, a batter, that's going to just exceed all your expectations. Um. Well... I don't think this is a crazy take, but I, I really think that Jolito is going to win the Cy Young this year. I don't know if that's not crazy enough for you. We didn't want you to go with a non-Yankee, you dickhead. Oh, you yeah, right, right, right. I forgot. This, this the is the Yankee talking Yankee. My bad, my bad. My bad. Okay. <laughs> Let me try again. Um, <laughs> I was not prepared for this question. Um, I like your answer. I agree with it, but no, it's not a bad answer, but more Yankee related. Well, you're, yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> so for that, then I'm going to I'm going to say I'm very high on Tyone. I think he's really going to dominate this year. I think this one hundred percent. I'm totally yeah, behind you. I, yeah, I, agree. I think this is the year where he finally shuts everyone up and I think that trade was a total steal. It was one of Cashman's yeah, it's best almost trades. like a redemption year for him. It was a terrific oh, that trade. Makes me so happy. Yeah. It was just such a great trade. Yeah. Really I don't know how he keeps trade. doing it. I don't know how this man, I don't know how Brian Cashman keeps making these trades. But how did he with Pittsburgh? Because Pittsburgh loves to fuck us and they didn't know this one. They didn't fuck us. I'm so happy. <laughs> no, no, but the reason is because they're uh their absolute determination to fuck themselves far outweighs their determination to fuck yep. us. So that's how we managed to get that trade done. CJ, did you see <laughs> the Chris owners Pittsburgh want to know Bay. how to produce yeah. the least amount of effort on the field and have the most amount of money in their pocket? Yeah. So, all right, I'm actually going to ask you one bonus question. All right, go for all it. Because right, this is one of my favorite questions to ask to people. Oh, great. All right. This is something we talked a lot during the offseason. Should baseball inform, implement a salary floor for teams? Where no. You, have, you can't, if you go under a certain amount, you either lose in the, uh, international signing money, you lose draft picks. Because um, these owners make a lot of money and they invest very little. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no only for the fact that I feel like if you have a salary floor, what's that going to do other than, okay, we just need to give our <laughs> same players right, that so, we already have. We're just going so to have you have a team money. like well, you have a team like the Pirates. They yeah, don't so, like to, they don't like to spend money, but if a team that that's really trying to compete goes over that tax threshold, we got to give revenue. We got to share our revenue with those teams so the owners can put it in their pocket, not on the field. So if so, you're not putting the money onto the field, 
you don't get that money. Yeah, I was I was to respond to that. I have on twenty seven down. I've I've gone over this so many times. I've ranted yeah. about this so much. Revenue sharing is such bullshit. Yep. It just needs to be done away with. Yeah. Uh, because every team is making money now. Now, if you want to say maybe the bottom couple of teams that really are struggling to make any kind of money, which I don't think is a thing anymore. Um, maybe if you want to say that, but for the most part, every team has a TV deal. Every team is making money. Well, well that's another topic in itself. We actually, maybe another time you'll come back because that, that that's something we can go into another two hour discussion on. No, this is the only time we want to. Thanks. But, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm inviting him back. So, there you him. go. Two yeah. out of three, fucker. That's a bitch. Kiss my ass, and I'll make sure to see, have a see full, you started, I'll make sure to have a full can of seltzer so I can burp after every single fucking. I day. swear <laughs> to God. Uh, but but to to end my point, a team like the Pirates would simply just have the exact same roster they have now, except they would just pay a few guys a few more million dollars. They don't want to compete. They want to keep getting draft picks. They're tanking. This is a tank job. They want to keep getting draft picks yeah. until. They can build their way but back CJ, up. Why? Why did they trade Glass now for Chris Archer? Who the fuck knows? They have dumbasses running yeah. the team. Why did the Yankees in the eighties trade Jay Buner? Who the fuck knows? Sometimes teams make really, really bad decisions. Yeah, and then you have a team like the Rays that every time you know all these plays, they bring them all the success, and as soon as it's time to pay them, they cut them loose. Yeah, you know, you know the teams are not loyal anymore. That's another problem in baseball. The, the, the White Sox, out. the White Sox traded Tatis away for James Shields. The, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. The 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 Nationals traded Jolito away for for Adam Eaton. Like sometimes teams just make really fucking bad decisions. Sometimes the scout just gets it wrong. Yeah, Adam but, Eaton's a really good player. He was. He had a lot of promise, but I don't think his career is over yet. I... He's not still playing. Yes, he is. He's on the White Sox again. Wow. He's not back on the White Sox. Yes, he is. Terrible. Tony Larusa had he he was like, yeah, I'm gonna bat him lead off. Which uh, what? I don't understand that. Nope, doesn't make sense. All right, well, Evan needs to get some sleep. He's no, I don't. Yeah, you do What's your uh, favorite character from Clue? Colonel Costin. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Mustard. God damn it. That's all the time we got for you today. Yeah. You killed CJ. Yeah, I'm good. That's I'm literally good. what he did that, last episode. We'll tell you that story off air. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, well, on behalf of <laughs> everybody at Congress.com, we hope everybody's having a good night. So, before after you're done watching this video, go check out statementgames.com. You can learn all about your fantasy sports. Check out docadamsbaseball.org, learn about the founder of baseball, and check us out on radioplaylive.com, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. Have a good night, everybody. Stay safe, stay smart, and go Yankees. Thanks for coming on, Donald. It was a pleasure. Yep. <laughs>